try that. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Great Exchange Covenant Church. Uh, as you can see, I think King's Academy has installed some new lights, but as a result, I think some of our electrical has gone a little haywire. And so the songs that we're going to sing today, uh, if you know them by heart, terrific. If you don't know them, uh, you can pull them up on your phones. The first two songs that we're going to be singing today are Forever by Chris Tomlin and Overcome by Elevation Worship. Can we all rise? And can I invite those who might be outside to come on in? love endures, his love endures forever. For he is good, he's above all things. His love endures for us. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise with a mighty hand. With a mighty hand and outstretched arms. His love endures for, for the life. For the life that's been reborn, His love endures for a sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. praise. Come on now, forever, forever, God is faithful. Forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, one more time, forever, forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, forever. 
sun. His love endures forever. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, we will carry on. His love endures for us. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Oh, sing praise. Yeah, forever. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us forever. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us forever. 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 darkness fades into new beginnings as we lift our eyes to a hope beyond all creation waits all creation with an expectation with an expectation to declare to declare the reign of the Lord our God we will not be moved we will not be moved when the earth gives way for the risen one has overcome and for every fear there's an empty grave for the risen one has overcome now the darkness breaks in the name of jesus as the heavens cry let the earth respond all creation shouts, all creation shouts with a voice of triumph to declare the reign of the Lord our God. We will not be moved, we will not be moved when the earth gives away. For the risen one has overcome, and for every fear, and for every fear. There's an empty grave for the risen one has overcome. Who can be against 
Jesus, Jesus, our defender. He is the Lord, and he has over, and he shall reign, and he shall reign forever. Strongholds now surrender for the Lord. Our God has overcome. Who can be against us? Who can be against us? Jesus, our defender. He For every fear, there's an empty grave. For the risen one has overcome. We will not be moved. We will not be moved when the earth gives way. For the risen one has overcome. For every fear, there's an empty grave. Why don't we spend some time right now just to uh, uh, worship in prayer? Lord, we just want to thank you. We just thank you for today that we're able to worship you. We have such a great weather, just kind of where we live, the country we live in, this community we're at. Um, we're just thankful just for this community, right? for each other, for the family that we have, the friends, uh, just the GRX community. And yeah, we just want to lift that up to you, Lord. But Lord, we also recognize that you know, there's hardship and pain in this world. You know, there's some of us here who are uh, suffering from um, physical um, or mental illness, and we just lift them up to you, Lord, to, to really just to, to heal them, to give them hope. We also reminded those who are probably looking for jobs or, um, or just uh, suffering from anxiety from um, whatever they're going through, we lift them up to you. And, and of those who just cannot be here right now uh, for whatever reason, we also pray for uh, what's going on in the world, especially what's going on in Morocco, kind of the, the big earthquake. We just pray, Lord, that um, you provide hope for those people, right? And that, that your, your story uh, will, will be shown what, uh, there. And Lord, um, as we prepare for uh, the sermon today, uh, again, I'm reminded of um, what we all struggle with, what we all trying to know our identity, uh, our belonging, as well as uh, our uh, purpose. So I just ask for the Holy Spirit uh, to remind us again for the message that Scott's gonna talk about, right? That each one of us here are created uniquely by God, by, by you, that you have a plan for all of us before even time starts, right? And even though we failed up to your expectation, you bought us, you know, you value us, you see us. You see us as how Jesus, uh, because of uh, Jesus' death, that we, that we are all valuable here. 
we all have a role to play in Valley View. We just pray, Lord, um, that you remind us as well that you have a plan for each one of us, right? And that's, and I just ask for the Holy Spirit to be here to inspire each one of us to kind of discover that with you, our purpose, because you have all this plan. And you look forward to, we look forward to the day when we actually live out your plan and to, to live in a fulfilling life. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Good morning, Jerex family. Welcome to service. For those who are new, there is a communication card at the welcome table in the back. Secondly, there is Brave Retreat. It is a men's retreat that will be at Half Moon Bay uh, this year. Space is limited, so um, and it is, uh, the registration closes on September 22nd. So please, if you want to join, um, contact Robin or Nobu for more information. Uh, Nobu is right there, and I do not see Robin, but it's okay. He's the guy that with the curly hair and good looks. All right. Lastly, uh, there is mmm. Right? Can we all say mmm? Mmm. All right. That is Middle School Message Munchies, and it starts today. It will be at uh, room A12, and it will start from 12.05 to uh, 12.30. So if you have any questions about that, please contact Jess. Can you say hi? All right, awesome. That is it for announcements, and I'm going to bring up Pastor Scott. <laughs> Can we just give Mark a huge round of applause for that? Mark, those announcements were awesome. You did a great job. This is our community moment portion of the service, and normally we have the kids come up front, but we're going to do something a little different. So kids and families, let me invite you to stay with uh, your families right now. In just a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to get up and move around. So don't get super comfortable with where you are. By the way, Kids Zone leaders and everyone, after we do this session, I will release the kids to Kids Zone, and then the adults will continue in worship after we finish this. So notice around the room, there are seven words that are stuck around the room. If you were here in August, you were here when we talked about GRX distinctives, these things that seem to be distinct about our church, and their playfulness, prayer and healing, generosity, justice, everyone, special needs, and courage. We talked about how these are both descriptive, they describe who we are, but they're also aspirational, a sense that God is inviting us as a church more deeply into each of these different areas. So what we're going to do with these distinctives, as we live into our identity, our belonging, our purpose as a church, what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment is to stand up 
and move to the distinctive that you feel drawn to. And it's not anything like high pressure or, or like you're permanently this or whatever. It's just this morning. And you might even be surprised because you might think, oh, I would normally gravitate to this, but this morning I feel drawn to that. Just let it be what it is without judgment, without feeling like you should be this or you should be that. And I'm just inviting you to step into the place where you feel drawn this morning. Um, why? Uh, it could be descriptive of you or the church, or you could be feeling like this is aspirational. Maybe I'm feeling invited into this individually or us as a church. Um, so uh, when you get to your groups, I'll ask you to do one more thing once we're there. But that's it, just wherever you're drawn, where do you feel drawn? And we're just gonna do it one time. So you're just gonna, you're just gonna pick one. Um, and uh, if you don't know which one, just let your feet like lead you to a place. Really, again, no pressure. All right, so let me invite everyone to stand up and move to the one that you feel drawn to. So as you're there, um, you know, wherever you picked, each one of these can say something about our identities. Each one of these can say something about belonging. Each one of these can say something about purpose, your purpose or our purpose. So what I'd like you to do very briefly is get together with maybe two or three other people. You may not even know who they are. Just get together with two or three other people, share your name, and share what drew you there. Why are you there? What draws you there? All right, and we'll just have about a minute to do that. Two or three people, what drew you there? Share your name.
What's on this wall? everybody thank you so much for participating in this this was just a little bit of a primer to kind of get some conversation started if you are in kid zone let me invite you to head out the back with your kid zone leaders and if you're adults let me invite you to come back to your seats and we're going to continue on in worship the heavens who created the heavens Lord it was your hand Lord it was your hand that put the stars in their place put the stars in their place Lord it is your voice Lord it is your voice that commands the morning Commands the morning, even oceans and their waves, even oceans and their waves. Bow at your feet, bow at your feet. Lord, who am I? Lord, who am I compared to you, your glory, compared to your glory, oh Lord? Oh, Lord, and Lord, who am I? Lord, who am I compared to your majesty, compared to your majesty? I am your beloved, your creation. I am your beloved, your creation. And you love me as I am, and you love me as I am. You have called me chosen. Have called me Cho for your kingdom, for your kingdom, unashamed to call me your own, unashamed to call me your. I am your beloved, I am your beloved. 
Lord, it was you. Created the heavens, I created the heavens. Lord, it was your hands. Lord, it was your hand that put the stars in their place. That put the stars in their place. Lord, it was your voice. Lord, it was your that commands the morning. That commands the morning. Even ocean in their ways. Even oceans and their ways. Bow at your feet. They bow at your feet. Lord, who am I compared to your glory? Lord, who am I compared to your glory? Oh, Lord, Lord, who am I compared to your majesty? Lord, who am I compared to your majesty? I am your beloved, your creation, your beloved, your creation. And you love me as I am, and you love me as I. You have called me chosen, you have called me chosen for your kingdom, for your king. Unashamed to call me all, unashamed to call me. I am your beloved, I am your beloved, your creation, your creation. And you love me as I You have called me chosen You have called me chosen For your kingdom Unashamed, unashamed To call me your own I am your beloved Join me for this time of this prayer. God, we don't need electronics. We don't need a perfect, perfectly produced service because we have you. And we can worship you here freely because you have sent your son to die on the cross for us. Lord, the veil has torn so that we could commune and be in your presence. God, I just thank you for this time once again, for this time of joyful worship, God, that we can sing songs that just lift your name on high. God, we thank you for this time, for the service, for the people here that you've brought today. I pray that your presence would be felt in this place. We pray these things in your son's most precious and holy name. Amen. Here at GRX, we started our new ministry year this month.
in September. So today's our second week of our new ministry year. The theme for our ministry year is if you knew. If you knew. If you knew. And the follow-up question is, well, if you knew what? If I knew what? And we're asking, if you knew your identity, if you knew your belonging, if you knew your purpose, then how would that change your life? If you knew your identity, if you knew your belonging, if you knew your purpose, then how would that change your life? We're also playing around with some of these distinctives. And thank you for participating and getting up and moving around. Part of what I wonder about for us, as you went to these places and met different people, I wonder if some of the conversations revolve around your identity or your belonging or even your sense of purpose. That maybe you were here in courage or, or playfulness. And, and maybe your sense of purpose is to be more courageous to lead out something here at GRX. Or maybe over in playfulness, your sense of like, maybe my purpose is to help us as a church play more, take ourselves less seriously, laugh a little bit, come up here and tell some dad jokes. I don't know what that is, but this is just sort of begin to percolate. Where are we and you creating senses of, of identity, uh, belonging, and purpose? Um, and it's this question of if you knew. Because I believe if we knew our identity in Jesus Christ, our belonging into God's family, our purpose in what God wants us and desires us to do, then I think that will radically change our lives. I had an experience last week of belonging. It's a little early to tell whether it's radically changed my life or not. But I went for the very first time, to a hula class. <laughs> and uh, I know you're jealous, but that's all right. We were invited, um, our family, so Evelyn uh, and, then, and Philip and I, we were invited by, by Jen and by Tina to, woo, shout out for Jen and Tina and hula. Um, they invited us to join them for their hula class, and it was sort of open enrollment, and so, you know, we get to, we get to go for three times, and last week, uh, Thursday night, was our very first lesson, and we went, and, um, you know, it's a little awkward uh, <laughs> for hula. Okay, now, okay, don't get, the, like, the wrong idea. Like, it wasn't like, like what you might like at one of those luau's in Hawaii or anything like that. We just wore our normal t-shirts <laughs> and shorts. Uh, there were no, I, I'm not even going to say it. Um, uh, no, no fire dance. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, and, and uh, so you feel a little self-conscious, right? You feel like maybe as an outsider, um, I felt like I, maybe I didn't belong. And one of the wonderful things about Jen and Tina was they, they were so welcoming. They were so uh, inviting. Um, they, helped, they helped orient me. Like, okay, here you're supposed to take your shoes off here. You're supposed to put your water bottle here. 
which, which, which was great, you know, and, um, you know, because the orientation, like, what am I supposed to do? How do I belong? I'm an outsider. And then, and then um, they, they further ushered me in and said, well, okay, now we're going to meet the instructor. And um, they said, uh, he might give you a hug. And I guess he was a hugger. And uh, so we went and we introduced ourselves. And in fact, he did. He gave me a big hug. And I felt like I belonged. All these things, Jen, Tina's invitation, the hug from the instructor, the orientation of where to put our stuff, it gave us a sense of belonging. And because of that belonging, then it gave us the courage to then dance. And just as a little treat, I'm going to show you our first move. Um, is this recording or is the electronics off? <laughs> is it electronics? Oh, actually, of all the electronics, actually, the camera's on. So <laughs> with all apologies to our teacher in hula class, but because, um, of course, because I do it one time, I think I'm an expert. This is what we learn. You learn this. All right. So why are you doing this? It's because if you knew your belonging, then it changes how you enter into that space. And because I knew I belonged, I had the courage to then practice hula. So anyway, that's what that is. We're in a series right now on Ephesians. And even in Ephesians, we're calling this whole series Ephesians, identity, belonging, purpose. Because all throughout Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is bringing up these themes again and again and again for the Christians in Ephesus. And just a little bit of a background about Ephesus. Ephesus is a city, uh, it's a biblical city, and it's in what's modern-day Turkey. So if you can imagine the Mediterranean Sea, and um, I don't think I can do this backwards, but sort of like Italy is sort of like here, and the Mediterranean Sea is here, and then Turkey would be sort of over here. Um, it is on the western side of Turkey uh, into the Mediterranean Sea. So Ephesus is right on the coast. And sometimes I even think of Ephesus a little bit like San Francisco, a little bit like the San Francisco Bay Area because Ephesus was a very thriving uh, uh, metropolitan area. It was a thriving area for culture and for finance. There was a lot of trade that went in and out of the port in Ephesus. And some historical scholars would even believe that because it was such a thriving city, it had a huge population, which, I mean, in biblical times, it would be like, they guess about 250,000 people which is a big city in, in like, like the first century A.D. It's a huge city, 250,000. And some people would say even it was second only to Rome in terms of, of its affluence and its beauty and its artistry and its culture. I, th I think about that. It, it, it kind of it makes me think a little bit of San Francisco or the San Francisco Bay Area because... Just like in Ephesus, 
and I think just like in San Francisco, there's a lot of things competing for the attention of the Christian in Ephesus. There's a lot of messages that are going on. There's a lot of finance. There's a lot of temptation. There's a lot of pressure to achieve, just like in the San Francisco Bay Area, because it's such a, a, a financial center, it's such a business center, it's such a cultural center. And even, just like the San Francisco Bay Area, Ephesians had competition in the space of religion or in the space of loyalty. I, I mean, I think in the San Francisco Bay Area, like, there's struggles around loyalty. Are we more loyal to Jesus or are we more loyal to our company? Are we more loyal to, like, the mighty dollar or are we um, uh, more loyal to the mighty God? These are tensions, I think, in the Bay Area for us. And in Ephesus, in the area of loyalty, they had a gigantic temple. And it was known as the Temple of Artemis. Some people might have thought of it as maybe one of the seven great wonders of the world, like the Hanging uh, Gardens of Babylon. The Temple of Artemis, or, or like the equivalent of Artemis, is Diana. I think Diana is the Greek name, but Artemis is the Roman name. Artemis, there was a gigantic temple over like 120 columns, big stone columns. The footprint of this giant temple in Ephesus was bigger than two football fields. Bigger than two football fields. I know some of you today might be tracking with the San Francisco 49ers against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got, a, I got a game update from Nathan Gabriel right before I started preaching. I'm not going to tell you the score. But the 49ers are playing right now. Imagine two football fields. The footprint of this temple was bigger than two football fields. And it was more than five stories high. It's a big building. It is a giant building. It's the Temple of Artemis. And people came from all over the world to worship. And there was a big silver tray that, that built up around it. If you want to study that a little bit more, look at that. It's in Acts chapter 19. And even the Apostle Paul gets in trouble because he's preaching about Jesus Christ. And people around the Temple of Artemis, the people that um, get money from the silver trade with creating little idols of Artemis um, in silver, uh, are in conflict with the Apostle Paul. So Acts 19 is Ephesus. So that's, that's Ephesus. Um, that's the city of Ephesus. And the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the Christians in Ephesus. That's the book of Ephesians. And they are trying to navigate this culture that I think is very similar to the San Francisco Bay Area. And the Apostle Paul is pointing out to them their identity, their sense of belonging, and what is their purpose amidst their culture. So this morning, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And we don't have the screen today, but if you'd like, I'd invite you to pull your phone out um, or open up your Bible and take a look at this. It is a very dense passage. And actually, Ephesians is pretty dense. The Apostle Paul does this gigantic series of run-on sentences. 
he probably, I know we have some English people out here. I know we even got English teachers in the midst of us. So uh, you got to forgive the Apostle Paul for all these run-on sentences. But what I'm going to try to draw our attention to amidst all of this and all these words um, are a couple of ideas. One idea around adoption and then another idea around inheritance. Adoption and inheritance. So I'm going to just take the first five uh, verses first. Uh, I mean the uh, first uh, verses three through five first. The Apostle Paul writes, and I'm reading from the NRSV version. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's basically saying every blessing in heaven is available to us in Jesus Christ. And then he says, just as he, God, chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption. Means God, that means God intended for us for adoption. We'll talk about adoption. God destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ according to the pleasure of his goodwill. I'm going to read that one more time. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ. And already right there, the Apostle Paul is pulling out identity. Your identity is adoption into God's family as a child through Jesus Christ, as a child, as a child of God. So already the Apostle Paul, right from the beginning, is hitting this. Do you know your identity? Do you know that God has planned for you to be adopted into God's family through Jesus Christ? I want you to know this as your core identity. Beyond your family, beyond your culture, beyond everything, you are adopted as a child of God. If the screen was working, what you would see at this moment in the message is a photo of my dog, Daisy Dog. And some of you have met Daisy, um, and sometimes we call her Crazy Daisy because she's really, like, kind of needy. Um, she would be kind of the equivalent um, of, uh, somebody described her once as, um, you know when you're like, all, all your, your, your kids are in preschool, and you have one kid that's kind of the biter kid in preschool? Somebody described our dog like that. She's kind of a biter. Um, but she doesn't really bite humans. She kind of like gnaws on you and, and takes you a little bit. But what Daisy, um, when Daisy was a puppy, and she was super cute, so cute. We love Daisy. Um, but when Daisy was a puppy, she liked to chew on things. Um, and so what we did was, I mean, you know, we, we adopted her from the Humane Society of Silicon Valley. And of course, you know, if you've ever adopted a pet, you fill out all the paperwork and you, you, you tell them what kind of home you have and you tell them you're going to be, you know, good, good dog parents. And you fill out the paperwork and then Daisy, um, you know, when you adopt a pet, they even take on your name. 
so that she's now Daisy Lou. You know, like I know some people that uh, have pets, like you're shaking your head, like, you know, like I know, like Tucker. Yeah. Is he Tucker? He's Tucker Tom, right? Tucker Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so if you have a pet, it takes on your name because you've adopted this pet into your family. So we brought Daisy home and Daisy is now Daisy Lou and she's a part of our family. But as a puppy, she would chew things like socks, which is kind of understandable. But the things she really liked to chew were computer cords. <laughs> the ones that, of course, charge your computer. Of, uh, and then the other ones, like the ear, the earpieces that then you kind of plug in. She's chewed several of those. And um, I started buying them in three packs because she kept chewing and chewing and chewing. She chews a little bit less now. She's about two and a half now. So she chews less. But even though Daisy did bad stuff, it wasn't like we were going to send her back to the Humane Society. It wasn't like we were going to kick her out of our family. No, no, no. She was adopted. She was Daisy Lou. She was a part of our family. And we love her. And so even if she did bad stuff, and even if it was expensive and pricey, those Apple products, those cords, I'm telling you, even though it was costly, she was still a part of our family, and we loved her, and we love her still, and we take care of her, and she belongs to us, and we belong to her. This is what the Apostle Paul is talking about here with adoption, that in Jesus Christ, we are adopted into God's family, and even if we do bad stuff, even if we do stuff that we're not supposed to do, and we, we, we all do that, we're human. Even if we do stuff we're not supposed to do, it's not like God's going to reject us, send us back to the shelter. Ah, you're too much trouble. You're too expensive. You're too much of a pain. God doesn't do that. Just like we love our pets because we've adopted them, even more so does God love us because God has adopted us. All right, I'm going to move on here. So starting at verse 5, I'm going to continue on. God destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. Jesus, he intended his desire. To the praise of, the gl of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, in Jesus Christ. So then the Apostle Paul goes on to kind of explain theologically what's kind of happening. Um, the redemption of, of our lives, the forgiveness of our lives through the cross of Jesus. He writes in verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. It means basically all the wrong stuff that we've done is forgiven in Jesus Christ, by the blood on the cross. Okay. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of, of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Again, that was a big run-on sentence there. 
And you guys can go back and read this or study this, or maybe in your life group you want to look at this. But essentially the Apostle Paul is saying, there is a mystery that the world maybe doesn't recognize. But that mystery has been made known to you, and that mystery is that salvation is found in Jesus Christ. Basically the mystery, the cross, the forgiveness of God in Jesus Christ. That's what the mystery is. So then here's inheritance in verse 11. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance. I'm going to come back to inheritance. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope in Christ might live for the praise of his glory. So let me just stop there. And again, this is the, the sort of second part of the message, inheritance. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance. See, this idea of we've been adopted, we're children of God, and so now we have obtained an inheritance. Now, now inheritance, um, inheritance is usually traditionally understood as something that passes from one generation to the next. Usually it's a form of a transfer of, of property or possession. It's kind of how we understand it. The transfer of property or possession from one generation to the next. Inheritance in Jesus Christ also involves a transfer. But what gets transferred is not like a piece of property or a house. What gets transferred in Jesus Christ is holiness or righteousness. What gets transferred is forgiveness. That is the name of our church. Have you ever thought about the name of our church? I mean, we abbreviated as GRX. And some people go, why is GRX? Why is your church called Jerk? But that's not actually our church. GRX is abbreviation. It stands for Great Exchange. Well, what is the Great Exchange? The Great Exchange is all of our sinfulness exchanged for all of God's righteousness. All of our brokenness exchanged for all of Christ's holiness. All of our sin and stuff that we've done bad exchanged for all of God's goodness. That's the great exchange. That's what's transferred. That's what we inherit. The righteousness, the holiness, the goodness of God. And so even if we do bad things, that's the beauty and the mystery of forgiveness. That in Jesus Christ we have forgiveness. So that our holiness and righteousness is not our own. It is imputed to us through Jesus Christ. It's given to us. It's transferred to us through Jesus Christ. That's our inheritance. And that's our identity and our adoption. That as children of God, we are righteous before God in heaven. And that's why we are invited into eternity with God in heaven. Because our inheritance is the holiness and righteousness found in Jesus Christ. And that is an assurance. 
That is a belonging. It's like you're at hula class and the top person gives you a big hug and says, I'm so glad you're here. That's Jesus Christ giving us a place to belong. That's Jesus Christ giving us a big hug and saying, I am so glad you're here. Now, in your mind, you might go, I've never danced hula before. I actually am like really bad at it or whatever. I'm not worthy. I'm not good. I'm not a holy hula person. And Jesus says that doesn't matter because you belong here. You belong here. You are a part of us. You are a child of God. You're adopted and you inherit the holiness, the righteousness, the goodness. And so you belong. Not because of anything we've done or not because we're good at dancing or because we're good at being Christians. We're included and we belong because of what Jesus Christ did. And it's Jesus Christ who adopts us. I have a few questions to kind of close out the message. Um, they're application questions. Um, and um, I see the screen is mysteriously blue. And I get the from Susie. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I had a baseball experience right then. Like I felt a little bit like I was catching in, I used to be catcher in baseball, and I'm kind of like throw a sign down, like fastball? And then Susie's like the pitcher going, no fastball. <laughs> okay. So it seems like the computer wants to throw curveball. So I'm going to catch a curveball right now. So the application, if you knew, if you knew your adoption, so question number one for application. Does your adoption into God's family change how you see your identity, belonging, and sense of self-worth? I'll say that again. If you knew your adoption, does your adoption into God's family change how you see your identity, belonging, and sense of self-worth. So number two, if you knew your inheritance, if you knew your inheritance, number two, in Christ, what inheritance do you have? In Christ, what inheritance do you have? Okay, and then the third question, if you knew. If you knew your adoption and inheritance, would that affect how you felt about your life or thought about other people? Let me repeat that again. If you knew your adoption and inheritance, would that affect how you felt about your life 
or thought about other people. And then the fourth question, this is the last application question, is if you knew your purpose, and the application is this week, pray and ask God, what is my purpose? Maybe you caught a glimpse of your purpose when you stood at one of these decisions. Maybe you're not sure what your purpose is. So you can ask friends and family, what do you think my purpose is? That's always kind of a fun question. What do you think my purpose is? You might just have a vague sense of your purpose. Um, this is the last thing I'm going to share about, and this is the last preaching illustration. Uh, I brought this to illustrate a little bit of how I understand what my purpose is. In a general way, I believe that my purpose is to help things grow. Kind of vague, kind of general. I believe my purpose is to help things grow. Sometimes that translates into plants. So this is uh, one of my carnivorous plants. And for all you nerds out there, this is an Nepenthes ventrata. And it eats bugs. I love growing these things. I think it's part of my purpose. And then I grow them, and then they thrive, and then I have too many, and so then I give them away. And I think that creates joy in people's lives. I think it actually brings glory to God when I grow these, and then I give them away to other people and share, enjoy, share the joy. They have joy in growing, too. And by the way, if I've given you a carnivorous plant in this church and, and it's died, that's okay. Because I believe in resurrection. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, and if it dies and, and, and you want another plant, just ask me and I'll give you another plant. Because for me, part of my purpose is to help stuff grow. And it helps me fulfill my purpose if I give you a plant that you've killed. Don't worry about it. But it also extends not just to plants, but to people. And part of my purpose is to help people grow, which is being a pastor and helping people grow in faith, helping people grow in relationships, helping us as a community grow together into maturity. And every time I see someone growing, someone being courageous, someone trying something new, someone stepping out in ministry, someone stepping out in kindness or generosity, in places that are new for them or scary for them. I celebrate that, which is why I so much love your announcements today, Mark, because you're growing, which is why I so much love when Royal preached a couple of weeks ago, because Royal's growing. It's because I love watching when people come up and lead worship who have never done it before, because you're growing. All right, so you guys have the application question. You know, my purpose, to help stuff grow. And maybe your purpose is as general as that. But part of what we're trying to do with this series is help us discover what is our identity? Where do we belong? What is our purpose? And I hope as we continue to go through Ephesians, you might continue to discover that for yourself. Let's pray together.
God, I thank you so much that you love us. You adopt us into your family and you give us a place to belong. And thank you, God, for the courage that we have in that, that we belong to you as your children. And we can try to discover our purpose, to bring joy to those around us, to laugh and to even fail because you love us. So thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. For those of you guys who didn't catch the message earlier, um, we obviously don't have a screen, so this next song uh, will be Blessed Assurance by Elevation Worship. So if you Google that, it should pull up. Savior all the day long, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior, praising my Savior. Perfect submission, all is at rest. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior, I and my Savior, happy and blessed, happy and blessed, watching and waiting. Watching and waiting, looking above, looking above, filled with his goodness, filled with his good, lost in his love, lost in his love. And this is my story, this is my song, this is my story, this is my song. 
praising my Savior all the day long, praising my Savior all the day long. And this is my story, this is my song, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, praising my Savior all the day long. Oh, what a Savior.
join me in singing one last song. It is Glorious Day by Passion, and you can look that up on Google too. I was buried beneath my shame Who could care my tune till I met you. It was my tune till I met you. I was breathing but not alive. I was breathing but now alive. All my failures I try to hide. All my failures I try to hide. It was my tune. It was my tune till I met you, till I met you. You called my name and I ran out of the grave. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, the glorious day. You called my name and I Your freedom is all that I know. The old man knew, the old man knew. When I met you, you called my name, come on. Call my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious state. shelter. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen. When I was broken, when I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I have a future. I have a future. My eyes are open. Because when you call my name,
All right, friends, now receive this benediction. Now to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to God be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.